Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum. I'm your host, Cody Wagner. No duh, right? Here we discuss everything from car news, culture, movies, stories, games, interviews, events, and so much more. Without further delay, on with the show. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to another CCC New Car Podcast. Today, we're talking about a facelifted Seat, actually. It's a 2021 Arona, the baby SUV. And right off the bat, I have to say it looks pretty good. The face does, anyway. It's a the lower mount's a little big, but I'm liking the way it looks. Well, let's see if this refresh is in any way substantial. Nearly four years after its presentation, the Seat Arona has been spruced up with new exterior looks, more digitalized interior, and additional safety features. The Spanish brand Subcompact Crossover, which is a sister model to the Volkswagen T-Cross and Skoda Kamig, comes in the SE, SE Technology, FR, FR Sport, Experience, and Experience Luxe trim levels, with the latter replacing the old Excellence. The 2021 Arona has, has, a, has an updated front end. With a bigger grille between the remodeled headlamps, the bumper is all new and features repositioned fog lamps that now sit closer to the main clusters. The profile soldiers on, and at the back, it sports a pair of reshaped taillights, new, new font for the Arona lettering in the middle of the tailgate below the license plate holder, and an updated bumper with a more aggressive-looking diffuser. So I don't really remember what the old Arona looked like, but I have to say I'm not complaining about the way this new Arona looks. Or at the very least, this facelifted Arona looks. I, I'm liking that a lot. Pretty good. Pretty nice update, visually, anyway. Seat's facelifted Arona has a full LED exterior lighting with Eco offerings on the SE and SE technology trim levels and full LEDs on the upper specs. There are 10 exterior colors available, including the new sapphire blue, asphalt blue, dark camouflage, and they can be contrasted by the magnet, magnetic tech, midnight black, and new candy white roof finishes. So basically, you can get two-tone on them as well, which is sick! Customers can also choose one of the new alloy wheel designs, 17 and 18 inches in size. Inside, the new Arona has a revised dashboard with a two-layer two shape and new center console. The infotainment system with an 8.25-inch display as standard and 9.2-inch screen offered with the SE technology onwards now has a floating design. It sits above the new central air vents and next to the 10.25-inch digital cluster that's limited to the FR Sport and Experience Lux models. Well, that's kinda, that kind of sucks. The new air vents are illuminated in different colors depending on the grade, and the steering wheel has a new has a new rim, flat bottom design, revised central part, and more buttons. The rear passenger compartment is now illuminated at night thanks to the new interior lights. Smartphone integration, remote remote services, and built-in eSIM are included, and drivers will be aided by the new safety systems such as the travel assist that combines the lane assist and the adaptive cruise control for semi-autonomous driving, side assist traffic sign recognition, and park assist. The engine family comprises of a 1-liter 3-pot petrol unit that puts out 95 PS or 94 horsepower or 70 kilowatts and 175 newton meters or 129 pound-feet of torque and is, and is coupled to a 5-speed manual transmission in the entry-level Arona. At 110 PS or 108 horsepower or 81 kilowatt and 200 newton meter or 148 pound-feet of torque version of the same unit is available as well either with a 6-speed manual or a 7-speed DSG, while a 1.5-liter turbo 4 that kicks out 150 PS or 148 horsepower or 110 kilowatts and 250 newton meters or 184 pound-feet of torque tops the range. If it were me, I would go for the 108 horsepower version of the 1-liter 3-pot, and if money was no object, I would just go for the range topper because 108 horsepower in a vehicle, this size, in a vehicle of this size is kind of pitiful. I kind of like the, speaking, going towards the looks though, I kind of like the new Arona text. It's sort of, 
it's sort of fancy where they haven't necessarily spaced the letters. The they're kind of connected, but it's not really it's not cursive. It's not exactly cursive. Uh, let's go back here actually for a second. So, if there is one thing I don't like about the looks of the new Arona, it's it's the fog lights. It's the way they've placed them. Do we have any other photos? Yeah. So, how do I how do I put it? So you have the normal Seat style headlight clusters up top. And then just below and slightly moved inward are these two are these two circular circular fog light fog light units and it, it almost makes the it almost looks like the car has pimples. I'm I'm sorry if that's kind of uh, kind of rude to to the car, but it yeah it kind of I don't know I, for some reason it makes me think of a raccoon. It just I don't know pimples or a raccoon. It's just yeah they should have put vertical they should have put vertical fog light units by the side vents because they're vertically oriented so they should have done that there but it looks like those vents are actually functional so i guess i understand why they couldn't but i mean geez they they could have even put the fog lights down into the lower grill because they have these they have these triangular boomerang shaped oh what would it be actually it kind of depends on the front bumper i'm now seeing but they have this somewhat boomerang shaped cutout cut out on the lower front bumper so it separates the main portion of the lower grille from the further edges and i kind of wish they put the fog lights there and made them triangular shape because that would have been cool that would have looked pretty darn that would have been kind of slick but they haven't done that they've given the car glasses i say glasses they something the fog lights that are just below the headlight units and circular they just don't work because they're in the middle of the bumper they're just they're below and to the side of the upper main grill. And again, it's it just kind of breaks it up in a bad way. It it's, They really do stick out like a sore thumb. So either they should have done vertical units for the side vents on the very far edges of the bumper. Or triangular units that fit inside that boomerang shape on the lower on the lower edges of the lower, bumper, uh, lower grill. That would have been preferable. But moving... Moving away from the front, if we go to the back, once again, it's pretty standard Seat, if I'm honest with you. And that new font for Arona, I think I saw, I think we've seen that font on one other vehicle, one other Seat product before. I don't remember what it what it is though, but I know I've seen it before. I like it a lot, actually. It's kind of classy. The taillights, I don't remember what the old taillights look like, but these new taillights, if you like Seat taillights, you'll like these. They're very, very standard Seat affair. And that's kind of a good thing, because Seat has good headlights and they have good taillights, I'd say. Seat is sort of like Volvo to me, where they can't really, well, I say can't really, they haven't, they've got a design language where it's really hard to mess it up, even on bigger vehicles like a small crossover like this. The Silhouette, standard MQB platform vehicle, especially at the Seat variety, but that doesn't mean it looks bad. It looks good, it's just very, it's almost formulaic. That's about the worst thing I can say about it. It's a bit formulaic. If we move to the interior here, I kind of like the circular air vents. They're kind of cool. And they have this, they have this almost, there's an old Hot Wheels that I've got. And it's, it has, it's made of a really weird material that's meant to, it's meant to be, it can be illuminated by the lights that are inside of the body. And the, the surround, the surround that's, that outlines the air vent itself. It's not really, it's kind of a highlight, but the actual highlight's silver. So it's not the highlight. Uh, the inner surface looks to be made of the same or roughly same material that can be illuminated. It almost looks like it has lights in it, actually, but I can't really tell if it does. Oh, wait, yeah, yeah, the side vent, the air vents can be illuminated. We just read about that, <laughs> and I forgot that quickly. Mess me. 
the well, what's also interesting is that the further out, the further out air vents that that situate themselves at the very ends of the dashboard, they're like bigger versions of and lower quality versions of the Mercedes units. They're not they're as far as I can tell, they're not the Mercedes units, but they're circular like the Mercedes ones. So that's kind of that's kind of cool. But they also kind of stick out, almost like ears, almost like rabbit ears. They kind of stick out, but they could be a lot worse. The lower air vents that just that sit below that sit below the touchscreen. They're okay. They're a little low. I feel like if you're gonna, if you want to cool yourself off, you're not gonna be using those air vents because they look to be at just the right position for it to cool the hell out of your thumb, not really your face, not really your clothes. If you're gonna want to cool your face off, you're gonna use the outer ones. You're gonna use the air vents that are on the far sides of the vehicle. Uh, but what's interesting is that the inner air vents that sit below the touchscreen—they're not circular. They're, they don't have the Chevrolet Camaro arrangement or the Chevrolet Blazer arrangement. It's not like that. They've got they've got this weird. Uh, it's, it's not square because it comes up on the sides, but yeah, it's this kind of horizontal or semi-rectangular look. That's not bad, but semi-rectangular. The touchscreen is standard modern car fare. It looks like it's a stick on, but it doesn't seem to be so tall that it stands up on top of the dash, which is nice. So the, the dash line seems to be above the touchscreen itself, even though the touchscreen is not integrated into the dash, so I can live with that. I'm fine with that. The HVAC functions are below, and the redundant buttons. There are redundant buttons, thank the Lord. You don't have to fiddle through the touchscreen to get to them. The design themselves, the design, I say the design, but really what I mean is the, the graphics on them, meh. It's just meh, but who really cares about that? It's not like a lot, it's not like a handful of modern cars where the temperature is inside the dial no no it's much older than that it's this black it's this black digital screen that has very almost like early like 2000 style uh digital graphics if you have a clock if you have a clock where it's like those those bars and they make up the numbers it's that it's that not bad just not very modern not very modern at all but Oh, well, I like the steering wheel. The airbag cover's a little big, but most modern cars have big airbag covers, so it's fine. The buttons on the spokes, there's kind of a lot of, kind of a lot of them. It, at least it looks that way from this far back. Yeah, the steering wheel's okay. I, I, in fact, honestly, as big as the airbag cover is, that's probably my favorite part of the steering wheel, as well as the flat bottom, flat bottom of the sub. Although I do have to say, I do like that the top spoke, the two main spokes where the buttons are, they're not thick. They're, they're actually, they actually look fairly thin. Now, the drawback to that is the buttons could be a little squished. They might not have a lot of room to breathe, but I like the thin spoke, or the relatively thin spoke. That's not too bad. The seats, very much cloth seats. Nothing much to write home about there. What is interesting, I've just seen, we have a proper handbrake. It's not like an electronic one. It's an actual bar. I would have, you, you would think that given that this is a modern VAG product, Given that this is a modern VAG product, it would have a normal electronic handbrake, but it actually doesn't. That's rather surprising, actually. That's that's a bit confusing. Because how many modern cars, and I mean really modern cars, that came out within the last two years, three years, have a normal handbrake? Pretty much none that I can think of. Yeah, that's a little surprising. So overall, I'd say the, the interior is definitely on the lower end of the spectrum. It's not that luxurious. But Seats, as far as I know, are meant to be fairly inexpensive. So for a less expensive version of a VW, it's pretty good. It's okay. It's okay. It's not amazing, but 
it could be a lot worse. It's still it's got modern design, so it could be it could be a lot worse. But I mean, really, even if this is even if Seat sits below VW as far as their target audience uh, in the price bracket, why do they have a physical? Why do they have a normal handbrake? I'm not necessarily complaining. I'm just very very confused. So if I I would probably give this car like a six out of ten. It's it's okay. The best thing it has going for it is the exterior and its design. The exterior design. That's the best thing it's got going for it. Everything else, eh, it's just okay. Anyway, though, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. If you did, please make sure to like the podcast, share the podcast, and follow the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, please like, comment, share, and consider subscribing. And if you do subscribe, thank you very much. I really, really appreciate that. Please make sure you hit the little notification bell. And then all notifications that way you're notified every time I upload. If you want to listen to this podcast on the road, but you don't happen to want the Podbean mobile app, hey, not a problem. Boot up wherever you get your podcast. Type in Cody's Dark Conundrum and then choose the episode you want to listen to. I will see you all next time. Before we end, I want to inform you all that you can now monetarily support this podcast and indeed the entirety of Cody's Car Conundrum with Kofi. Uh, well, it might be coffee, but it's spelled K-O-F-I, and that's weird, so I say it Kofi. In any case, Kofi is an alternative to Patreon where, beautifully and as God intended, you, the supporters, don't have to pay a fee, like on Patreon, to support my work. So if you like what I do and want to see me cover slash talk about slash make a video regarding something specific or want me to branch out into other areas of car culture, then head on over to ko-fi.com forward slash Cody's Car Conundrum where you can make a minimum donation of $5 towards me and the brand. In return, you'll be helping me afford new equipment, afford upgrades to my existing tools, you'll receive polls asking what topic you want me to dive into next, You'll get to see voted and non-voted content before public release, various forms of recognition for your support, and the ability to vote on merch designs you'd like to see on the Teespring store. And now, it's time to close. You've just listened to me probably ramble about some cars, if I'm being honest. If you've enjoyed me passionately talking about lumps of metal on wheels, then why don't you follow me on Twitter at CodyCar, C-O-N-U-N-D-R-M, or check out my website, www.codyscarconundrum.com, for articles and other car-related content. If you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to drtaffy777 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Make sure to follow me here or any other platform so you don't miss out on more full throttle content. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all in the next episode.